G'day everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this podcast where Lou and I will be unpacking uh, everything crypto, uh, but our focus will be around recent events with FTX. Um, so first, just a bit about myself. I've been in the crypto space since about 2016, 2017. Um, continued to trade that entire time uh, before finally ending up at TraderCobb as the general manager and Lou. Hey guys, Lou here. Um, yeah, looking forward to talking about all things FTX today. Um, yeah, so a bit of background on me. I have been involved in the crypto space since 2017, where I was, I guess, an amateur trader, to, to say the least. I, I, I bought a lot of Bitcoin and watched the price run up and watched the price come back down and made no money. Um, and then fast forward to 2020, I got an apprenticeship under Craig, which I completed a trading apprenticeship under Craig Cobb, which I completed after two years. And um, I now trade from home, uh, my own account, and that's been going really well. And I've been involved with the Trader Cobb community ever since 2009. Uh, Ever since the end of 2018, sorry. So that's that's me. And now you're one of the mentors in the Trader Cop community, helping um, helping everyone sort of achieve their trading goals, which has been really really good. But um, I think yeah, let's kick things off with the unfortunate collapse of FTX, which has affected myself, you, just about everyone that we know that's in the trading community. Um, unfortunately, it just sort of blindsided us, didn't it? We sort of caught wind of it um on a sort of a friday afternoon but it was i think it was just such a big event that we thought we wouldn't have to worry about and then you know what do you know monday tuesday the next week it just it all fell apart yeah and, and what's and what's interesting it has such far like ftx is such a far-reaching company like we're not interesting but just to illustrate like how humongous this is I, the same people that I, that I'd meet down at the cafe during the bull run uh, last year, like, or at the barber or the mechanic, everyone's talking about getting into crypto. And now it seems like everyone has been affected by FTX and then and actually not talking about, um, like not opening a dialogue about, oh, I actually have money on FTX because there, uh, I, I found that uh, quite a few people are afraid of talking out because they'll be judged and stigmatized, you know, for being an idiot, stupid or something like that. So, so yeah, yeah. Starting all, all two weeks ago, I guess now. Um, yeah, just, it just happened all very suddenly and no one really, and because FTX is such a far reaching company, no one really believed that it could go under, um, especially due to all the regulatory, loopholes and licenses they had basically operating as a digital bank right yeah it's just unfortunate that this is um sort of given the crypto haters some ammunition against uh people that believe in crypto but um it's not such a it is a bad thing but just looking at the markets the the markets have actually held up quite well considering um when you relate this to the covid outbreak you know bitcoin dropped what 60 percent over a few days 
Uh, yeah, we, it could have even been more. I think it was like eighty percent or something. If you look, at yeah, the we didn't see didn't see a drop in price by that much with the, arguably the second largest exchange collapsing and billions of dollars being lost essentially, um, which I think is such a, a positive. One hundred percent. Well, yeah, one hundred percent. It's it like a part. So, so just for full disclosure, Reese and I have had had a huge amount of our trading accounts locked up on FTX. Um, and just because of my position in our um, trading community, I've talked to many people that have been deeply affected by this. Like they had their self-managed super funds on FTX. They had entire trading accounts, huge amounts of capital on there, um, affiliate capital, many things. So just... Full disclosure, we're not saying like it was a good thing that this happened. Like we're involved in this whole situation as well and we realise that everyone else is involved. Um, but for a market to, to operate in a healthy way, to have healthy price action, you have to have these huge deleveraging events that forces all the bad companies out so the new ones can re-sprout and regrow and form the basis for whatever the next um, whatever the next bull market will be, basically. Like you have to have these big deleveraging events to, to, to annihilate all the bad companies. The new ones can come up, the stronger ones can survive and they can provide the foundation to move forward. We're, so, we're yeah. also seeing this in traditional markets as well um, with traditional companies, especially startups that went through an aggressive growth uh, period uh, in 2020, 2021, now you know, being affected by interest rate increases and um, yeah, just finding it really tough and they're going through huge layoffs and even companies going under. So it happens all the time during bear markets and during hard times. But I think the ones that do stick around will prosper in the bear market, in the bull market. Sorry, when things do pick up, and and those that stick around will, I, I believe, will benefit in the bull run when it does eventually come. Well, the, yeah, and they'll benefit in the future, like yeah. Bull market, bear market. If if you're able to trade, um, and manage your portfolio at the same time, you will you will be in a better spot financially whenever whenever that may be. In one year, two years, three years from now, who knows? But you are like you 100% will be. You, you, okay, maybe not 100%. You can't say 100 with 100% certainty that would be the case. But there is a very high probability that you will. I mean, for in the game of probabilities, then like what we talked about the other day, we kind of only have three options three options left moving forward. And what, what were those options again, Reese? We were like, we could trade. Uh, we could keep on trading and take advantage of some volatility that comes, that occurs in the near term. We could walk away from crypto forever and just not trade crypto, just go to traditionals. Or we could take a break. Yeah, and potentially right. miss out on some volatility. Yeah, like walk away forever, uh, take a break, and get back into trading when things when the dust has settled. Or three, just trade through this period. And I think 
getting through something like this, you know, fingers crossed this is the the first and last time we ever experience something like this. And I guess moving forward, if we do come out of this um, and end up in a good position, this is something like a, a Medal of Honor we can wear and say we were around when FTX collapsed, we lost a whole heap of capital and look at us now, we we built it back up. We, we're back to a really good position um, setting ourselves up for the future. So yeah, I think, I think it'd be a good thing to to um yeah like i said we're as like a badge of honor it'd be a great story for the grandkids sure. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah yeah 100 i mean and this is what makes you like a market veteran this stuff surviving these type of events then rebuilding your accounts and coming back stronger like this is the stuff that makes you you read about all the great traders hear interviews with them um all the great traders we've met in real life, they've all reeled from major events like this. And, and they, if they can hit back stronger, they rebuild in such a positive way. Yeah, sure. So um, I think with, with FTX, so just a bit of backstory. I'm sure everyone has heard about the FTX collapse so far, but just to recap, um, I think Binance caught wind of a balance sheet from FTX and Alameda and just saw a big hole in their assets and liabilities um, where the, a majority of their assets were held in FTT, the native token for FTX, which is, I guess, a liquid ac- uh, asset which can you know be sold by anyone really. So Binance came out on, uh, on Twitter and said that they were going to sell their, their entire FTT holdings, um, which would essentially collapse FTX. Now that instilled fear amongst the community. I think a lot of people started selling their FTT. So the uh, assets on book for FTX sort of diminished in value and just created this big hole and it just wasn't looking good. But from what I understand so far is that the books at FTX and Alameda were never good. Um, They didn't have a chief financial officer. They didn't have a good accounting team. Um, It just seemed like Unfortunately, it just seemed like doomed to fail from the start. It, it appears that, like with all the with all the social media bias aside, that FTX started out with good intentions, and then, as these things always unfold, they decisions snowballed and snowballed into like into this into this behemoth of. Of, of a mess. Like, I'm reading a timeline here of FTX, like, just in, that's being consolidated. So it was like SPF and Caroline were initially well intentioned. So Caroline was the CEO of Alameda Research, F, uh, F, effectively FTX's um, trading arm. But, not, but they weren't especially confident. And this is what's coming up over and over again, like what Reese was saying. Um, during the bull market, the trading arm of FTX made large amounts of book profits via leveraged longs and equity deals. Then trading arm becomes um, profitable during the bull market and then then, bear, then when the bear market hits, their edge dissolves and they're not, 
profitable anymore. They no longer have an edge. Because remember, everyone, what happens in a bull market? Turkeys fly. Uh, turkeys can fly in a hurricane. Everything is profitable in the bull market. Then despite the success of some of these um, long positions, their trade, their FTX trading arm took, um, they continue to lose large amounts of money. And we mix this with a whole lot of discretionary spending. So discretionary spending like buying other companies, buying huge amounts of real estate, buying the Miami Heat uh, basketball stadium. Using company funds to buy penthouses and in the Bahamas, like it's just yeah, yeah. Sponsoring all these all these um, major athletes, yeah, um, Super Bowl ads in the United States, like spending spending spree. Um, and then eventually these loans were recalled early this year, and an emergency decision was made in secret without the board of directors or without the board, um, to use FTX users' deposits to repay the creditors for all the loans on all these investments. And now the, and then, uh, the new CEO yeah. of FTX and the administration companies come out and said that this is one of the worst cases he's ever seen in his life, which is very unfortunate. But is that just focused around FTX International? It's... You know, it's not so much for FTX Australia, which affects us. I think it's based around FTX International. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is the thing. Like FTX, it's not a single, it's not a single entity. We've talk, kind of been talking about this, haven't we? It's yeah. Like a jungle. Right. It's like, you know, over 100 interlocking companies spread all around the world. Yeah, about 130 odd subsidiary companies. Um. But I think, yeah, I always try and look at the positives in each of these situations. And for us here in Australia, we were under, FTX Australia was under an ASIC license and the, you know, the, the people managing FTX Australia managed to put the company into administration quite quickly after they didn't, you know, didn't hear back from Sam or the FTX main. So they put it into administration to, to lock everything down. So that's when the website went down, withdrawals got halted which is understandable um, if a company goes into administration, they would want to lock everything down so they can do a full assessment of assets. assets yeah, on, so just on onto that, what does it, what, so when the directors of the, I say, let's call them directors, I guess, of the FTX, uh, of FTX Australia, put F, FTX Australia into administration, what does that mean exactly? Like what, what does that mean for the company? I don't think so. I can't answer that exactly, but I think from our point of view, it just means that the the business doesn't look good. The company doesn't look good. They don't have, um, you know, the books don't look good, um, and yeah, it's just not in a good financial position. So it goes into administration, so a, an investigation can be done. And, um, and and also and also what it does is is like well, remember one of the main reasons. One of the main reasons. I'd say, you know, FTX Australia was put in administration before all the other subsidiaries was to consolidate and lock all the money they do have in Australia, here in Australia. So it can't, nothing get transferred out of Australia or in, like what you were saying before, everything's locked down. 
Yeah, that's right. So, and there were rumors that FTX was hacked. I'm not sure how much of that I believe. Um, we don't know what the yeah. administration companies are doing, whether they're transferring assets around through uh, cold wallets. But, you know, um, when the when the company did go into administration, like you said earlier, a lot of the staff members left. So it just makes yeah. sense to lock everything down because there's no security team. There's no... Well, I was reading... So, again, like just for everyone listening to this podcast, all the information that we're talking about, it's all publicly released information, either from ASEC or from the official FTX account, uh, FTX, um, uh, official FTX announcements since like the new management has taken over. And, and yeah, like what Reese, like what we were talking about before was it makes so much sense why the website, we can't even access the website or our accounts because all the essential staff um, like all the developers, the security team, all these people that process withdrawals, process deposits, keep all the infrastructure up and running, can't get paid. They can't get paid any money, so they just walk off the job, um, which is fair enough. And so they've just released a statement, I believe it was overnight, in the, in the United States that FTX International is going to start paying um, they have permission to release funds. So from all the funds that they've been able to recover, to release funds to pay essential staff um, to maintain all the essential activities. So, yeah, like what you said, Reese, I'm a bit sceptical about the whole hacking thing. I, I don't really believe it myself because there's so there's, you just don't know what to believe. Yeah, there's that so many seems like the most plausible narrative. So many moving parts to this big beast of an operation. And um, unfortunately, it's, it's just too easy to jump on Twitter and spread fake news or spe spread speculation. So um, it's important to not take too much of that seriously unless it comes from a, a trusted source. Um, but, yeah, I think for us, there's nothing we can do. Um, we can just keep up to date with the emails that we receive do what the administration company wants us to do and I think just move on, you know. If we get our funds back, brilliant. That's a, a real positive. If not, well, then we just learn from it and continue trading and continue building that portfolio. Um, as much as we'd like to sit here and, and speculate and hate, um, it's just not going to get us anywhere, so unfortunately. That's right. It's not going to get us anywhere. And, and I mean, what we've decided to do is it's easier said than done. But we've just decided to say, look, I'm hopeful that we'll get money back from at least FTX Australia, which is a subsidiary that we have capital locked up on. But we can't focus on that because it is out of our control. We can only keep up with the current announcements and the current announcements we get. Um, specifically here in Australia, like emails from the administrators. So you just got to keep up to date with all that stuff and then lock that away and then move forward. How can I, how can I move forward to rebuild? How can I move forward to trade? How can I move forward with a two or three year time perspective? Uh, this is, this is how I've been approaching it at least. And, and move forward effectively and decisively. 
So in two yeah. or three years, I'll be in a possibly in an even better position than I was when I was when I had my complete um, training account at FTX. Yeah, well, these are just big lessons that we'll learn and hopefully never go through again. But what I want to talk about is the contagion effect that things like this happen. Um, we saw Luna uh, earlier on in the year collapse and unfortunately a lot of people lost money due to that and then Celsius and then uh, was it Three, Ar- Three Arrows Capital uh, collapse as well or going through some tough times at the moment. And now they speak about Genesis um, and Gemini. So Genesis is the, I think it was the lending platform and Gemini, one of the big sort of OTC platforms in the US um, are beginning to struggle. So yeah, just these flow on effects that, that um, happen after big events like this, just as you mentioned earlier, just sort of flush out weak hands or flush out companies that were over leveraged and the ones that are left can, can prosper when things do pick up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And and the ones that are left, like, I mean, what's the golden rule here? The golden rule, I think I think the biggest lesson for many of us is not your keys, not your crypto. So unless your crypto is on cold storage, it's not 100% yours. Well, yeah, that's remember, a good Like, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 like, remember, like, why was Bitcoin originally designed? It was released in the midst of the 2008 financial crisis when major financial institutions were going down or they were being threatened to go down. As long as your funds are on, a, on an exchange, they're not yours. You don't That's own right. you can You can buy Bitcoin on spot. It can sit in your wallet, but essentially it's not yours until it's on a, on a cold storage device. So I think it's a really right. important thing to, to note. And if you haven't yeah. already, um, definitely invest in a cold storage device like a Ledger or a Trezor. Um, I use a Ledger. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think you do as well, Lou. I do. Yeah, I use a Ledger as well. And I'm now, um, I'm now start like with the exchanges that I am trading on now. I've put whitelisted addresses in, so addresses that are protected with two-factor authentication and uh, SMS, so they can't be changed. And if I do need to get those funds quickly off the off, off whatever exchange I'm trading on, I can just hit that whitelisted address, boom, withdraw straight away. Don't have to. Yeah, it's just a way of streamlining things. You know? I think an, another positive that will come out from this is the transparency with exchanges to show their reserve balances. Um, I thought that was a really good thing and a lot of exchanges are doing that now. But Craig sure. had a good point about it's easy to show what your reserves are, what your assets are, but what are your liabilities? How much debt yeah. are you in? You know, you could have yeah. $8, million yeah. or $8 billion in reserves or assets, but if you've got $10 billion in liabilities, it means nothing. Well, that's right. And, and why can't, if, you're, if that entity is holding my money, why can't there just be a dashboard I look up online, which is updated with liabilities and um, with liabilities and profit, with it like with profits and loss, or liabilities and working capital that's available. Um, which, which, like you said, that's that's what they seem to be doing right now, like. Uh, 
sharing this information publicly and maybe over the next couple of months we will get a type of platform to observe all those things so we can make correct decisions there is a um a website it's portfolio.nansen n-a-n-s-e-n that is uh, beginning to implement dashboards for exchanges that they they just plug their wallets into and it shows the reserve balances so it's one worth checking, but um, again, it's not showing liabilities. It's not showing the, you know, the net position as a company, which is a little bit concerning. But it's, is it too much to ask about showing what liabilities they have, and how solvent that company is? I no. think, yeah, it, it shouldn't. Well, be. It shouldn't. Again, it comes down to it's like, well, if you want to hold my capital, you know. There has to be some type of transparency, especially in the wake of what's happened with FTX, I think. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think moving forward, what Binance is our our option for the time being until we can get yeah. some good answers from other exchanges. You know, Binance have come out and said that they're in a really good position, which I believe, you know, they are the largest crypto exchange out there. So... Moving forward, I know I'll be trading with Binance for the time being. Um, you will be as well, I believe. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be trading with Binance for the time being. Um, and like what we've observed, we can trade um, Bitcoin and USDT pairs long and short with three yeah, X with three X margin. Yeah, that's right. Um, the the platform itself again, arguably isn't as good as FTX was. FTX was such a user-friendly platform. Um, but I'm, I'm confident that we can navigate around Binance pretty easily. I'm, I'm pretty confident. Yeah. The there's, there's just a lot on there. They offer so much. Yeah. And, and, and look, the order platform isn't as smooth running as FTX. But we're not, no, not going to see another exchange unless a new exchange comes on the block that will have the same order platform as FTX. But Binance is not that, like, you, you can get your head around it. Um, so you spend some time using it, right? Yeah, that's right. I think we'll, we'll do that. But, um, yeah, I'm just confident. I shouldn't say confident. I'm just excited for the next, you know, for, for the dust to settle, for everything to, to blow over. And hopefully this time next year we're sitting here having a good conversation about the bull run that we're just we're in the midst of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and even if we're not in a bull run, just we're just going to be having a conversation of, oh, wow, this year's been an awesome year of trading. Yeah. <laughs> so happy I stuck with it and regrew my portfolio. Um, I'm certainly excited for that as well, man. I'm, I'm pumped for that. And, and I'm really pumped to like what you were talking about before as well, like the, the power that comes, the experience that comes from bouncing back from, an event like this, like this is the type of thing that just make you. And then like five years from now, 10 years from now, I can tell my kids or we can talk about it over a beer with Craig or you or other people in the community or, or whoever and be like, oh, look, I actually got cleaned out. My trading was going so well and, um, and my account was growing and growing. I finally had really good consistency and profitability. It was really hitting goals and then it just got all wiped out. But I came back. I actually came back better for it. I'm looking forward to having that conversation in the future. Yeah, 100%. It just makes me worry a little bit that some people will walk away from crypto altogether, maybe trading altogether. 
And you've just got to ask yourself that question, like how will you feel if the bull run comes and you're sitting on the sideline? You know, we all got into crypto for a reason, whether that be you believe in the in the space or you just are aware of the the massive moves that crypto offers and the potential gains that can be made, um, which is, you know, the reason that I got into it is because trading-wise, the, the gains are just unreal compared to traditional markets. So I definitely to, don't yeah. want to be sitting on the sideline. To the short and long side. To, yeah, exactly to the short and long side um, I definitely don't want to be sitting on the sideline while uh, people that had the guts to, to keep you know stay in the markets <laughs> just reaping these benefits 100% 100% and one thing one thing that is 100% certain is it's not bear market it's not bull market it's human psychology and I can and I'm happy to say this on the podcast and say I can guarantee you that once there is some bit, a bit of momentum in the markets, especially to the upside, people will plough back in and they'll completely forget about this. It happens every time. <laughs> it happens it every time. You see. And um, you just want to be positioned to capitalise on that. And, and unfortunately, they're the people buying at the top. You know, when Bitcoin's at $60,000 or $50,000, yeah, it's not the experienced traders and investors buying at that period. They're selling. They're selling at that point. Yeah, unloading, yeah. And it's the inexperienced that are buying at that point. Um, you don't want to be that person. <laughs> you don't want to be no, buying at the top. No, 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 you don't. You don't. Yeah, I'm um, yeah, super excited. We'll be here. Trader Cobb will be here. We'll continue trading uh, through these periods. Although it has been tough, Um yeah, like I said, it's all just a learning curve. Yeah, and and I guess that's the whole point of Trader Cobb as well. It's to have that community of traders to keep each other accountable, to keep us consistent, to keep us in the right mindset, and to keep us growing so we don't jump on, I guess, what's commonly referred to as a trader cycle. Like it's like the hamster on the running wheel. You never get anywhere. You never make progress. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're not going anywhere. Are we, Reese? We're going to be here. We're going to be here for many years to come. Um, yeah. And, I mean, this is what our whole belief about trading is. Like, one thing that Reese and I have both learned about becoming consistent and profitable at trading is you have to keep on growing. The moment that you stop growing results stagnant and like even four or five years from now who knows how big our account sizes will be but we're going to keep on growing we're going to always maintain that growth mindset and uh, it's really important no matter what happens it's um it's really nice to see a lot of projects out there doing good things and continue to build during periods like this um we're seeing it in the NFT space, there's a few projects out there that are just really prospering, I guess, during this bear market. Um, certain uh, blockchains such as Solana doing great things uh, continue to build. Um, I think it's a really good thing and they, they will definitely prosper in the, the bull market. But just looking at the price of Solana, it's it's not really, really reflected in the price, is it? But um, it seems like they are doing a lot of good things in the background. Hundred percent, yeah, and, and and it's good keeping a 
eye on some of these companies. I mean, I'm only invested in Bitcoin and I'm trading long and short. Like that's all I'm doing. But God, I know so many people that made some huge profits last year being able to pick the right companies to effectively buy and hold. But it's interesting, yeah, seeing these big deleveraging events and keeping an eye on these companies that do survive and push forward and build off like a fresh market effectively. Yeah, for sure. 100%. It's, um, it certainly pays to keep up to date in the space. Um, you don't want to fall into that trap of just, you know, everything looks looks bad everything sounds bad you think the death of crypto is upon us you walk away and then what do you know 12 months later everything has picked up and you've missed you've missed some really good opportunities yeah well that's actually a really good point even if you're not trading or you're or you're just managing portfolio or, or if you've just you know, if FTX was the nail in the coffin you're like I'm not doing any of this sure at least just try and scan the top 10 once a day or even once a week, just look at the weekly timeframes on the top 10 just to stay in flow with the market. So like what Reese says doesn't happen. You don't just, you don't just come back into the market in 12 or 16 months or whenever it is. And you're not in flow. You're not in the right mindset and you just make stupid decisions. So it's, it's worth just doing a simple activity like that. Look at the weekly timeframes on the top 10. Once a week, just to keep in flow with the market. Yeah, it's really, really important. important. Yeah, staying staying in flow with the market, staying staying in the market, not not necessarily trading, just scanning the markets, keeping up to date with some news that's going on, um, is really really important. I believe. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Well, I guess. Um, um, is there anything else to chat about? No, no. I was, I was just going to say that that's probably us. Yeah, not to make well, the pod, podcast too long today. Yeah, not for our first one. We'll um, hopefully continue to do these. We'll uh, keep you guys up to date with everything crypto. And uh, yeah, it'll be good. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, uh, apart from all the money that we have locked up <laughs> on FTX, man, I've, I've, I'm really, I'm really, I'm so pumped to build into the future. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. Because, like, once the market bounces back from this huge event and everything is uncovered, all the strings are pulled, where, like, where else do we go? Yeah, well, that's right. This is how bottoms of bear markets get hammered out. This is it. We're in it right now. <laughs> but you speak about this all the time. This is what you... You hear about when bottoms are in. Now we're not saying the bottom is in, definitely no. not. But it's impossible like this, to tell that. It's impossible to tell that. Events like this certainly contribute to the bottom being in. I think 100%. when when big news events come out like FTX collapsing, interest rates increasing, fear everywhere, but the market doesn't react or the market reacts very little, I think that's a good sign to to start looking at the market and, and assessing if the bottom is in. Now, we're, we're not here to try and pick bottoms, but uh, that's just one sign to keep an eye out for. Yeah, yeah. And again, just it's just a healthy mechanism of a market. And this is what, you know, the bear builds a bull and the bull builds a bear 
and forever may this cycle continue. <laughs> <laughs> it's been going on ever since markets existed, guys, for hundreds of years or longer than that. And and forever may it continue. That's right. Maybe well, um, we should leave on that note. Yeah, well, um, to anyone that is in our community, feel free to reach out to myself or Lou. Um, send in any questions that you'd like us to discuss on the next podcast. Um, but yeah, I hope you all have a great day. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And, and let's get after it. Let's, let's get, get after it and build for a better future. Let's get after it. See you guys. See you guys.